0: For real, oh really, that's how you feel. And the guys be like, asking all them quests. asking all them
1: questions, while you asking all them questions, making statements, uh, asking Welcome to Misinterpreted, Lucy Lundquist. Lucy Lundquist, a TCU alumna, and a huge win for the Frogs, 51-45 over Michigan. Lucy, what do you have to say?
0: Woo, roll toad!
1: Is that a thing? Roll Toad? Yeah. I'll just go Did frogs. Did you know that? No. Well, I, thought I it was go just to TCU, go frogs TCU, so... the whole time. <laughs>
0: um, no, Roll Toad is also part of the, our excitement cheer.
1: Roll Toad, Go Frogs, Riff Ram Bazoo.
0: Lickety Lickety Zoo Zoo.
1: Hoo Wah Wahoo.
0: Give them hell, TCU. You're
1: damn right. You're damn right. Go frogs. <laughs> Go Frogs. Uh, even though we were both on Michigan. We were both but on that Michigan. Is okay. But, but at the end of the game, when my spread wasn't going to cover, was certainly going for TCU at the end of the game there. Oh, 100%. And-
0: yeah, I was very disappointed in my brother when I heard that you put money on Michigan. That was not cool. We not only it's called hedging
1: happiness. We, we not only had the bets on them, but we also had Michigan in our earlier podcast. So we just had to go. But you with also
0: that. had TCU in your earlier podcast, so I don't really. We understand. talked oh, about them no, losing no, We no. talked about them losing. So well, but they without that, that was a fluke. You know, that was just a little slip of the tongue, a little, a little Freudian little... slip. <laughs> <laughs> it was, that was just a little bump in the road, but now we're...
1: a little bump in the toad.
0: Sure. Now we're on our way to the National Championship. So, yep. that's great.
1: On to LA, on the SoFi Stadium. Go go Fro. No, we can't go.
0: Why? So we already crazy. went
1: through the logistics.
0: I know, but really we should go. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity.
1: It would be very cool. Yeah. It would be The Huskies cool. make it. Of of course, I will be selling my soul, I'm selling my second kidney. Oh, naturally. Go, yes. But, absolutely. Well, uh, that's Lucy Lundquist of Lucy Lundquist Design. If you need any interior design help, you can go to uh, Lucy Lundquist Design. You can check that out at, what is it, uh, lucylundquistdesign.com?
0: Yes, lucylundquistdesign.com. Lucy Lundquist Design on Instagram, and it's Lucy with an IE.
1: And uh, she's the one who puts together this, this whole look for us. And yeah. our first sponsor. Our first sponsor, so, Lucy, you, Lucy Lundquist Design. So uh, thanks for coming on, Lucy. Uh, go Frogs.
0: Go Frogs. Thank you, boys.
1: All right. Uh, that is the first guest of many that we will have on the Misinterpreted <laughs> Podcast. Thank you again, Lucy. Appreciate you. Um, but, hey, uh, what a week this has been. Absolutely. I mean, bowl season, bowl central, and it started off with a bang, uh, Alabama winning big on New Year's Eve, 45-20 uh, to 20 over Kansas State. We had that one locked and loaded. Uh, that was pretty much a rolling of the roll tides. You had, what, you had Alabama by 24. They won by 25. So you were almost, Thank you very much. almost on the number there. Thank you very much. And I had similar vibes for that. And Alabama, Bryce Young, having an incredible game going into the draft. CJ Stroud, who we will be talking about as well, also with a great game, his final game. Thank you, Lucy, for the sponsorship. One dollar. The in money's the bank. rolling Come in on already. Now. Um but yeah, C.J. Stroud with a great game as well, and we'll get to that in the national ch- or the semifinal game. But it's going to be great to see come draft day who these teams will pick. Houston's locked up that first pick, so they've got a really hard choice. For me, it's, it's not a hard choice, but certainly for the front office, they got options uh, for them. And on the defensive side of the ball, if that's something they want to go for, I don't think the Texans can justify any defensive. Draft pick. It's an opt. They, they got options. They do. They do have options. And but... Will Le- Will Levis also. Yeah. Is, okay. Is Speaking too. of which, so he opted out for the game, right? Well, he he was like partially injured, partially opted out for draft reasons. So he doesn't play for Kentucky when they play Iowa, and they get goose egged twenty-one nothing, and the Kentucky defense got all but one stop. Yeah, Kentucky's not a good team, and they were ranked. I don't know if they were ranked top ten at a certain point in the season. Maybe they were, maybe they weren't. They but were. definitely definitely top 15 at one point, And they were never that type of team. No, no, no. And Will Levis, over the entire season, did not prove that he not only is a top, as a first-round ta- talent, but some people have him as a number one QB in the draft class. Which, uh, like uh, uh, Mel Kuyper has that. How, it, how, I don't understand that whatsoever. And we can talk about this kind of later, maybe in a future episode. But my belief is a lot of teams draft based on potential. We saw that very recently with players like Zach Wilson, like Carson Wentz. These tall, I'll say it, white quarterbacks <laughs> with really strong arms, but haven't had great success at the college level. And not a lot of them have had success. And if you look at the NFL, and I might have told you about this earlier, but there's really only like seven, eight quarterbacks that you would bet on to win your oh, yeah. Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. And only one of them, I would say, didn't have that much success at the college level, that being Josh Allen, which is... Big anomaly. They're obviously one of the best, maybe the best quarterback in, in the NFL right now. But I think if you're reaching for a player like Levis who, who can't even compete at the college level, how do you expect him to play well against NFL athletes in NFL schemes? It's certainly tough. I, yeah, I... I, I think wh- whoever drafts Will Levis in the first round, if that happens, is an absolute They're a boner play. Absolutely. <laughs> That's <laughs> another way of putting it. <laughs> I was going to go with, I like buffoon. Buffoon's great. Boner play's great as well. Also great. Also bum. I think I've been using bum a lot recently. Bum's a great so, word. Wow, yeah. you bum. You yeah. bum. What's a, what's a good like British word? Hey, should we get biscuit on the podcast? Why not? No, one of two dogs as well. One of two dogs. Um, as are one of two dogs in the national championship.
0: Yeah, I, I was going to make the same
1: segue. <laughs> I was there I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to actually breaking down the TCU-Michigan game, but since we're on the dogs, uh, Georgia barely squeaking away 42-41, I thought Ohio State controlled this game. I think this is a game where the better team lost, and maybe in both semifinal t- games the better team lost, but this is a game where CJ Stroud, I wasn't the biggest fan of him after his performance against Michigan, and... The fact that he is able to perform against Toledo, but isn't able to perform against even mid-Big Ten teams like Iowa or even you know Northwestern was, was a troubling game for him as well. But CJ Stroud with a 93.8 QBR out of a 100 scale with 348 yards in the air with four touchdowns, zero interceptions. Also learned how to use his legs as well, rushed 12 times for 34 yards, but I'm sure... That stat has a few of his sacks in there as well that he took. Uh, yeah, C.J. Stroud I, it was a net 34, 71 yards of gain, thirty-seven yards of loss on yeah. the, on sacks. Yeah. But C.J. Stroud, like, what an incredible game for him! And you kind of feel bad for the guy that put it his all into that game, and in the end, his defense just couldn't get stops. Yeah, I mean, they they literally fell apart towards the end of the game. And... Did you did you like that kick at the end of the game? But the kick were at the when the clock strikes midnight eastern time Georgia are you what are you what are you asking me like if they should have kicked it well yeah do you like that kick absolutely like, of course you have to kick it well you, you don't think you go for it cuz they 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 played for the kick leading up in right. in, in, oh, that, okay. in that drive, so right so i i knew that they needed to play for the kick but they also ran an inside zone two plays before, and then they tried to make a scramble play, and they only got like two yards out of it. And then they just rushed inside again. Yeah, I just don't know how you don't do like a quick out, or even a quick in and you just run up and spike the ball, but I I think they played the setup to the field goal incredibly poorly, but to play for the field goal was the right move. Yeah, I think this might just be recency bias, but I feel like this season, a lot of college kickers have been missing easy Easy kicks. I think that's always. And but these guys are at this point they're pro athletes now. With NIL, how do you not? How do you not just like practice more and get better? No, it, it's, honestly, I, I feel like honestly, it's just you go out to the field. It's yes, you have a snap. Yes, you have a hold. Yes, you have like people try to tackle you. But at the end of the day, it's it's as controlled of a play as you can have yes. in football. Yes. And so yes. if you just put the football on a tee, you know, hundreds of times. Uh, it, Obviously, the situation is different. There are nerves involved. There's a huge crowd. There's a lot of pressure, and you can't you can't practice that. But at the same time, you can't practice kicking. How are more? I honestly, how are more college kickers not just better? Yeah, this is a problem that I don't know if if it needs to be addressed. But college kicking has to be better. We, have to, I mean, we you, just have to have better kickers. You maybe have four kickers in the entire nation at the college level who could make a 50-yarder when it comes like when it actually comes down to it I don't believe there are more than four yeah um, I'm gonna have and to I couldn't name yeah. a single one other than Moody at Michigan because that guy's a stud he's good 59 yarder yeah, <laughs> yeah huge by by multiple yards Like he had room yeah he, he that was a 60-yarder for sure uh, but yeah no, no it's frustrating to just see like kickers miss like even 25-yard field goals mm. in, in games that don't matter and Yes, it's like at the end of the day, these are students, and these are probably players that aren't going to go pro. But you have gotten to that position where you should be able to make anything within 35 yards. With, with, One so hundred with a good snap, with a good hold, which happens most of the time. I've n- you yes. never really see bad snaps, bad holds. Almost, it's never. always just never. kickers shanking it left, shanking it right. We saw the Ohio State kicker shanking it left, and in a kick that's going to haunt him forever. Mm-hmm. But. It was such a duck hook. Yeah, it it, it was bad, and you knew it the it's moment. Like, it's it, like when you, you, you show you... up on the first tee; it's a par three, and then you didn't get any range time, and you hosel rocket it and hook it, and oh yeah. I think in his defense, it was probably nerves that got to him there, but it, it is in in theme with an overall kind of trend in college football where kickers just aren't as reliable. No, it's terrible. Yeah. Shout out Peyton Henry out of U Dub, who is who he he's he's the man. He's good. I think the leading scorer in U Dub history. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I think he is. Yeah, yeah. He's a good player, good kicker. Yeah, uh, not the best though. <laughs> that goes to Jake Moody. Uh, but yeah, uh, okay. So back to this Ohio State team. I uh, ridiculously impressed by C J Stroud. He goes twenty three for thirty four for three forty four three forty eight and four touchdowns. No interceptions. He was sacked four times. Most of them not his fault. He runs for 71 yards of gain, and then he has two receivers over 100 yards, and one of those, Marvin Harrison Jr., gets knocked out cold in the third quarter. <laughs> yeah. That was yeah. atrocious. Yeah. yeah. Hey, that, was a, that was a hard hit, too. That wasn't I, I agree. It, it was, was not shoulder, shoulder. It was not targeting. But it was a hard hit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's oh, yeah. And you would... It's hard to say what one player would, would change in such a close game, especially when that Ohio State offense was running on all cylinders throughout the game, even without him, to get Ibuka more into the game as well. But you have to think that with Marvin Harrison Jr., he ha- he gives them that little bit of oomph in order to get that extra whatever, th- those extra points, maybe those extra yards under that field goal. So that's a tough blow for the Ohio State uh, Ohio State offense. Um, of course, no Jackson Smith and Jigba, and then no Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah, that was brutal. so. Yeah, their, their wide receiver room is absolutely feeling it. I was... I, I thought they ran the ball so poorly. I didn't think they needed to, though. I mean, they got 41 points. That should be enough to win to win a game, well, you sure, think, especially against I, this Georgia. I, I, I go back to that field goal setup. Like, you needed to run the ball and get eight yards. You probably had two plays to do it, and you get none. Yeah. You have to be—I get that it's Georgia, but you have to be able to run the ball as the number four team in the country. You're Ohio State— you have to be able to run the ball and get a little bit of a push. It was terrible. Yeah, and, and this, once again, shows you know, Ryan Day's inability to win big games because he's 0-4 in big games now as an Ohio State is it, head coach. Is that true? He's, well, Woo. if you count the two Michigan games, then two college yeah. football playoff games. It's, yeah. And that's what he signed up to to do. You know, when he gets signed into that Ohio State team, it's not to beat Toledo, it's not to beat Purdue, it's to beat... To beat Michigan and it's to beat a team like Georgia when it really matters. So for me, I think Ryan Day's seat is very, very warm now. Interesting. Yeah, I I think he's fine. I think he's fine. How many more years do you think they can lose to Michigan? Lose in the first round of college football playoff? Uh, This year they shouldn't uh, even have made it. You know, I mean, well, okay. In in a program to Michigan, if they lose to Michigan each of the next, if they lose four straight. To Michigan, if they lose next, year well, honestly, and this they, is a series they that Ohio Michigan State dominated. Year, if they lose to Michigan next year, then I think you can start thinking about it. But in the meantime, I think he's so fine. That's fair. I mean, he's he always going to put talent out there, but you have to wonder: can that talent translate to wins and big games? And you have to think what the boosters want, what that you know, what that AD department wants out of their team. If they're fine with you know 9 10 win seasons 11 win seasons only to fall short or if they're looking for that extra push which they haven't had since 2014. I just don't think you can go out there and get someone who can immediately win you a championship. I think Ryan Day is the best option for years to come. I don't yeah, think but, I don't think just is bringing it, is, someone new in is going to get you through Is it that Ryan hurdle. Day? Is it Ryan Day or is it because he has players that even me playing on Madden could win a national championship. Me just asking Madden, you know, with those type of players. I think the bottom line is that it's hard to win national championships. Yeah, and Maybe. I don't think you can go out there and get a better coach than Ryan. So, Day so right you now. think? So you think any coach that you bring in wouldn't be able to still go past like a Kirby Smart or no, I don't or a Jim Harbaugh. I don't in, in that situation. No, that's a fair. That's a fair. I think Ryan Day has proven that he can get you to those games. He's just either been without a few key players or he he's been flat out beat maybe once. I think the other times are pretty much 50-50s. Well, yeah, you had the two Michigan games last year wasn't close either and this year wasn't close, so Okay. I'll give you two games, but yeah, this game was definitely a coin toss when it comes yeah. when it comes down to it. So if, so you, if you were an AD for Ohio State, you'd be willing to, you know... Ryan Day is my guy. He's very safe for you for a while. He, yeah, he's absolutely the guy. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, it's gone and, and, that, and that's not holding anything against the fact that uh, there's also continuity in that program. You know, keep... Like, Nick Saban's been there year after year after year. Kirby Smart now has been there for a while. Jim Harbaugh has been there year after year after year. There's continuity. And keeping those guys around, building that program atmosphere, the, the culture... That is responsible for, I would say, thirty to forty percent of wins on any given season. That's Especially right. when you look at recruiting too, That's and Ohio right. State just rocks in recruiting. Yeah, but I'll, I, I don't want to talk about this for much longer. Fine, because we're just going back and forth here. <laughs> but we'll say like Jim. Har- is that not why we started this? <laughs> but uh, Jim Harbaugh, Kirby Smart, probably the two top coaches and. In college football now, even Sunny Dykes, they didn't come in there with like with an elite, with an elite, with as an elite of a team that Ryan Day has gotten in there, and they've had to build that recruiting class and able to push them to the, towards the top. So yes, that culture is very important when you're barely a top twenty five team, and then over years you become a perennial contender. Ohio State's always that contender, and for me personally, I wouldn't say the fans, the boosters, or that eighty department is just content with being contenders. Mm. But that, that could all change in one year. It just takes one year, and they're always going to be in the next. Uh So if he's there next year, he obviously has a chance to redeem himself. I think that the two losses against Michigan are more telling than anything, that yeah. they're now little brother in that rivalry, in a rivalry which they've dominated over the past decade before. I can agree with you there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, let's, let's get to the other semifinal. Well, let, 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 let me talk about my boy. I was on that Georgia game because okay. we talked about the losers, but I do want to talk about the winners first. I'm gonna give you Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett, the fourth, 398 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Had some few boneheaded plays over the stretch, but at the end of the day, was able to get was able to get that game-winning touchdown on, as our friend Colin Dixon said, in a pass where he was throwing it to where the guy wasn't, where he, he was anticipating he that throw him open. Yep, into yeah. that back left end zone. Yeah. Does your narrative He made a couple good plays? Does your narrative about him change at no, all? No. I still don't think he's a high quality quarterback. He got the job done. Good job. Good I, job. You got the job done. The Number one team in the country. I, I, I'm still I'm still firmly in the belief that if it was a five star out of out of high school, like, like Jacob Eason in the past, or even like a JT Daniels this year, they don't get that win. Like, it has to be Stetson Bennett. And I think there's some intangible skill that he has of being a winner that you can't really teach with other quarterbacks. Like I said, I don't think he's one of the top quarterbacks in in the nation. He shouldn't have been invited to the Heisman. But I think the – when you just look at the stats and and people love to dig on his stats, he was only 43rd in in past touchdowns over the regular season, but his ability to make wins I think is a little overlooked in this Georgia team that, like I said before, weren't able to get over that hump before Stetson Bennett. I I love the guy. The one thing I will admit is that he had a phenomenal game. Yeah. Okay. And part of it is the story that he he went through too. It's like, it's the perfect Cinderella story and – it would have been the perfect Cinderella story he, if he was just any other quarterback from any other state. But the fact that he is in a long generation of Georgia alumni and wanted to go there his entire life is the cherry on the Sunday on top of the cake. I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I mean, okay. So to your point, he. I think during the regular season, they certainly did not have the the toughest strength of schedule. So he did all that he needed to do to get wins. Yeah, great. Guy knows how to win. Then you go out and have one breakout game. I think that was a game where offense was optional. Both semifinals had the same problem. Or defense was optional. Did I say that the first time? You said offense. Okay, so yeah, defense was optional. And both quarterbacks go out there and sling it around. But I, I still wasn't. Like he had a great game, but i am still not impressed with his full body of work, yeah one thing that you'll hear me say a lot if once we get into nFL season once we get into other sports is the ability to win championships it's not getting into the playoffs over the amount of years it's how do you build a team unless a you're offense. the giants then you then you well you celebrate that <laughs> no fair enough you so you got one more year left. I do oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They so absolutely next huge year, year. Year. okay yeah um but i digress um but the ability to just win championships is very important for me, and I feel like a lot of fans, a lot of front offices overlooked that. Like drafting Trey Lance with the Niners, I don't think that was—I <laughs> yep. don't think that was a winning a championship type of mentality. But uh, Bennett has shown that he has the ability to do that. I don't think he could do it in the pros, but that's a theme that you're going to hear me say a lot over the next coming shows: is how do you win a championship? And Bennett—that I think that's why I like him so much—is that he just wins big games. All right. I can respect that. I can respect that. You know who else wins big games is Max Duggan. Dude's a dog. He's, he's a dog. He's Dude's a, a frog. He got that frog he in got, him. got a toad. <laughs> he got that toad in him. Um, although, although, his stat line isn't fantastic. The, he, at one point in the game, he was 8 for 23. And then he finished 14 for 29 with 225, two touchdowns, two picks. E. Yeah, you know, people like, like, once again, there's these stat nerds that are going to say, like, yeah, you look at A for 23, that doesn't look good. You, you look at that 14 for 29, I think he ended with, that's not good. But once again, he's shown that A, he can win games, which I absolutely love. But B, I think just from a scheming perspective, he throws a lot of deep balls that are low percentage plays, right? So when you look at that completion percentage, it doesn't say the, the whole story, especially when like you want to throw the deep ball throw low percentage plays but I think another aspect of what makes him so great is that he doesn't he he, he's always in the game he won't give up oh 100 oh my gosh yeah I think that type of mentality was what pushed him over the line as the leader of that team and yes he had some that's that I think he had the two interceptions in that game which both weren't his fault got very unlucky in that game his Mm -hmm. Both of them were were deflected. Oh my gosh, (laughs) Tulane. Oh my gosh. Okay, sorry. (laughs) I have nothing nothing else to say. It's like they don't have their starting running back in that game. He has a tough few possessions, but he's able to get the job done. I think this game is more Michigan losing rather than TCU winning because I think... Michigan weren't able to follow the game they were second in the nation in rush yards per game or or sorry they were third in the nation in rush yards per game on offense 243.8 yards per game with 5.5 yards per attempt and they just weren't able to run a ball when you look at the play yeah Donovan Edwards had he he had only 119 yards but when you just look at the game flow of that game it didn't look like that run game had any effectiveness a lot of the great rushing was from JJ McCarthy on the ground with that option played deep into that third mm-hmm. quarter that legendary third quarter yeah guys, 44 points scored yeah. <clears throat> I think like you know you look at the points scored and I think the difference in that game were those two boneheaded throws that led to 14 points for the defense there for the TCU defense yeah I think that I mean the biggest question mark was TCU's defense coming in because their offense was you know explosive but then they get two pick sixes that I mean that I mean uh... yeah you just look at those reads and they were not good reads awful like awful and I know in the second one he just missed that linebacker who he essentially passed it to he thought he could just throw through him and then the first one was just a bad timing play where where the TCU defender just went in front of the one in front of the pass and, and took it took it deep and those type of kind of curl routes, you have to be really aware of, of the defense coming inside and then jumping that pass. No, and they weren't able to do that. Yeah, so J.J. McCarthy, much more impressed with his legs uh, than his arm in that one. He, Yeah, he ran for 52 yards, but 30 of those were, or there was a loss of 30 from sacks. Uh, Donovan Edwards was kind of slow getting going, although he still averaged 5.2 rushes a game. Although the biggest... Uh, story was obviously Kendra Miller going down early in the game for TCU. And then Amari Di Mercado stepping up, running for 150. He had one touchdown, along of 69, and averaged 8.8 nice. 8 on the ground. That was unreal. And Ryan, we, you were talking about earlier. You were surprised, really surprised, that uh, TCU was averaging 200 yards a game on the ground. Yeah. And then they could actually go out and do that against Michigan. It Michigan, who was the second... Best run defense in the nation, only behind Air Force, who... Sorry, oh my gosh. USC just fumbled the ball out at the one-yard line. Lord, Oh my goodness. Lane, Lane Kiffin will be getting a... Sh- not Lane Kiffin, excuse me. Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley will be getting a shout-out. He'll be getting a stern talking to from Ryan <laughs> Trench. <laughs> the second of many. But uh, Michigan, second in the nation of rush hours per game. And it, we saw... It wasn't just like long runs that helped uh, Demarcado's averages throughout that game. It was he was consistently able to run for six, oh, seven, yeah. eight yards Good throughout chunk the stretch. Plays, yeah, and and when you have second and short, you know, throughout the entire drive, you're as a defense, you're not going to have a lot of success. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the main factors factors in that game was TCU able to, you know, run that ball against such a prolific rush defense and. And you know, also stopping that run, they were 55th in the def- in the nation in rush defense uh, coming into that game, and like you said, stopping Donovan Edwards, stopping JJ McCarthy, uh, you know, to favorable to favorable yards deep into that game. But I, I I think with the Ohio State game as well that this was another situation where Michigan were the better team, and and they should have lost. But at the end of the day, they they did not have that grit and that last play that they had on fourth and long, where JJ McCarthy didn't even wasn't even looking at the stop. That's just mm-hmm. a terrible way to end your season and, yeah. and some seniors' careers. Yeah, I mean, Im- impressed that Michigan was able to get back into it, but at the end of the day, their defense just fell apart when they needed it most. But I will say, and their quarterback yeah, for that reason. Yeah. We did bet on on these two games, but. Oh my god, is that a safety? Oh my oh goodness, Tulane's safety. 39-45 and they get the ball back. 3:20 left in the game. This could be Tulane's exclamation exclamation mark. Lincoln Riley. You'll get a stern talking I have to, to send just a text. Oh my gosh. In just a moment, but uh, from a from like we said from these two semifinal games from a neutral perspective, absolutely wonderful to just see Two very close games, some back and forth games between these two, these four teams, these two games, and, and two big games, might I say? And <laughs> in that Georgia Ohio State game, telly, oh, an interesting situation where we were betting on different teams, and both if lost our both bets. We both lost. It's just I had so the Georgia bad. spread, and you had the Ohio State line. Oh, on. it's so bad. It's just terrible. But you know, the Husky dogs in that Alma Bowl were able to stick it out and I that was earlier we weren't able to talk about that but that was earlier in the week but that broadcast being biased towards Quinn yours and that uh, Tyson mm-hmm. team was atrocious to see like yes Quinn yours was well, I think he was the number one recruit ever out of high school mm-hmm. he had a one rating on 24-7 which is the same as Jadavian Clowney those are the only two yep. people with ones um but yeah, Michael Penix out-dueled him that entire game, outduled him that entire season. And I just want the dogs to have some of their respect. Interesting little tidbit for you on that broadcast bias. So the play by play guy on ESPN was Tom Hart, right? And he was sharing a window with the UW radio broadcast, Tony Castro And they go back, cause they used to call. Um, SEC ACC basketball together because Tony worked at Clemson and Tom Hart was just doing ESPN stuff, and the whole game, whenever UW would make a big play, Tom Hart and Tony Castro would make eye contact. And keep in mind they're very good friends, so it's it's all friendly. Tom Hart would flick him off when UW would play well. Sure, tells you a little something about uh, this play-by-play guy. Yeah, Tom Hart. Tom Hart. I now no longer like Tom Hart. Yeah, <laughs> not, not a fan of that guy either. And and this is, I, I personally want Texas to be back. I, I hope next year. I'm sure able I to think get this it together. Is fuel. It's yeah, fuel for absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Um, I guess we talked about the semifinal games. Yeah, let's, Uh, what do you, okay, so the line is 13.5, Georgia to win. We're both on the same train. Get it early. Get it now. That line's going to move. TCU. That line's going to shift very TCU quickly. TCU plus 13.5, I think it gets down to 9.5 in like two days before the game. And, and you see TCU, even in their tough games, in, in that Baylor game where they should have lost, in that Kansas State game, which they did lose, they were able to keep it close, 31-30. And then once they played their best competition against all odds, they were able to win that game. They've shown that they can keep it close. They, they're able to claw back in the games. And I think 13 and a half is, is way too generous for Georgia. Get into that now if you like TCU. All I think even it. if you like Georgia. Yeah. Th- take take TCU spread and then Georgia line. <laughs> parlay them. Par, <laughs> we'll that's a, that's an all-time move. Absolutely. <laughs> the blender. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Man, shout out TCU, though, making that national championship. And we know this playoff is going to expand to 12 teams very soon. And TCU, they basically went and said, here's your 12-team playoffs, and you can shove it up your ass because we don't need that. Mm-hmm. We can be the best four teams in the nation. We can. We don't need to be in Alabama. We don't need to be a Clemson. We don't need to be in Ohio State. They said, fuck your table. I'm bringing my own chair. And Ooh, I like that's, that. that's not original. I'm bringing my own toad. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it somewhere else and, and just implementing it into college football. I like that but. a lot. Uh, I think this game comes down to whether or not Kendra Miller can play. De Mercado was a great back. He had a phenomenal game. But Kendra Miller, is an, uh, he's a stud. Yeah, and I, like, like I said, I was surprised that there was such a good rush mm-hmm. offense mm-hmm. in the season. Uh, you know, we know Georgia, their defense didn't do well against Ohio State, but no one does. And right. against that rush, certainly they're going to. Do a lot better against TCU on the defensive side of the ball. The question is whether Stetson Bennett can get enough points to cover that spread. But I think, yeah, if you just want to go for money line, if you just want to make a pick 'em, uh, Georgia. I don't see how they don't win this game. And Kirby Smart mm-hmm. is way too good of a coach to be outcoached in this type of game. But it is going to be close. It'll be yeah, within it, two scores close, for but, sure. But Kirby Smart will get the job. I agree. What I'm saying. I agree. I agree. How about Kirby Smart by the way as well in that. In that game, I think that was the play of the game. Doing that timeout before, yeah, now. the fake I, punt. I think, if, oh if yeah, they're able to execute that. I don't think Georgia gets the ball back with enough time to one hundred percent drive, Completely and they can, you can just chew that clock as Ohio State. And so, uh, Kirby Smart showing why he's paid the big bucks, and and in that situation, it, he, it's very hard to see some of the schemes at times, just from a persp- mm-hmm. from uh, like a fan perspective. Yep. Yeah, but yeah. doing that timeout just shows. That not only is he great planning, not only is he great coaching, but he's also great at recognizing plays and and just during the game able to make adjustments. Yeah. Well, uh, can't wait for that one. That'll be fun. We'll we'll probably we'll we'll, we'll get another episode out before then. Uh, but this will be your uh, college football playoff preview. Yeah. We, we we do have a couple more games. I think we wanted to touch on. We had Mississippi State. Oh, my gosh, yes, yeah. Mississippi State. So, Oh, a cover of the lifetime. So just RIP. The system play, the dead coach system play. Yeah. RIP Mike Leach, they play in a stadium with a pirate ship, which just a perfect way oh, to yeah. kind of a tribute to Mike Leach. And they were able to go down the field, able to get a field goal late into that game, able to make it 13-10. And then Illinois, they try and do some lateral play at the end of the game. As you do in desperation mode at that point, and the Mississippi State get the ball back on a, on a bad pass, able to take it down the field for a touchdown, and we're able <laughs> to cover the spread, cover the spread of four. Yeah, I, I okay. had so I had a buddy who had it at two and a half, so it didn't count anyway. But spread at, at game time was four, and and some fans out there in Chicago and Illinois and in Champaign are absolutely furious. Whoa, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Although the lateral yeah. hey, play yeah. was starting to look good. It, it it looked good at the beginning, and then once Mississippi State were able to get players back, you you it was a tough hill to climb. Yeah, but it but it always is with with yeah. that type of desperation play. Yeah. Another game is this Cotton Bowl that we're watching, and U.S.C. Lane, my goodness, Lincoln Riley, Ooh, she's pretty, <laughs> prettier than McCarthy's girlfriend. I think she had more airtime than Sunny Dykes in that game. I think she. I think you're probably right. Yeah every single time mccarthy was on the ball it would pan to her at least for a couple seconds uh-huh. i mean right for are trying which I, to bumped the viewership I, I see what that broadcast is trying to do um you know and it, you know it's it's all about ratings at the end of the day and you know i i don't hate it you're playing the game don't hate the player hate the game but we go we go back to this <laughs> to this usc game and Lincoln Riley with an abs- absolute defensive masterclass against <laughs> Tulane and I've said it once I said it again I hate Lincoln Riley because of his inability to create defenses and in this game you know Tulane scores 34 they're a great offense uh they're they're running back number 22 having an absolute mas- masterful game but <laughs> this USC defense once again just missing so many tackles missing and missing so many tackles, so many open field tackles leading to big ga- big gains. And this USC team, despite their high-flying offense this year, this is one of the stories of the season for them is this their inability to tackle. And we saw that in the Utah game in the Pac-12 championship. And now we see it here in this bowl game, which doesn't really matter for them. They're probably already looking into next season. But my goodness, does it hurt to be a Trojan right now. Fourth and ball game, Pratt dropping back, throws one over the middle. Oh my gosh! Tulane <laughs> continues the run. They're down to the twenty-five. Oh, what is going on? They moved the change the time. Oh, they're down stops. to the, the down to the twenty-nine, the thirty. They're at the thirty. Spike it they here. spike it with twenty-two seconds. Oh my gosh. Is it the blue wave or the green wave? It's I asked green, this last time. It's, it's the green wave. It's the green wave. Yeah. The green wave Given USC the blues. Lincoln Riley yelling at the ref. Mad at the ref, but probably should be mad at himself for letting for Tulane, yeah, letting Tulane get into this game. 45 points for most teams is more than enough to get a win, but yeah, not, you f- would not for the Trojans. Yeah, I have, I have uh, a six-team parlay of sorts going the last leg i'm 5 for 5 the last leg is usc minus 2 but i also hedged with uh two lane plus 2 so i'm i'm honestly happy Either oh, way! oh my gosh down oh. to the 6 yard line two lane. did he just get knocked out oh, it was like a targeting that was cr- oh my gosh they're both down down, down, down helmet, like down down oh no oh oh no you don't like to see that are we missing any other games as we wait for this game to continue. Oh my goodness! Hold on, I want to watch replay. Yeah, catches it. Targeting. Yeah, oh, that's, that's, that's targeting. One hundred percent. Oh, that's targeting. I think he's out cold. Deuce Watts. No, he's not out cold. He's just hurting. I think. None, oh, that's targeting. Number, 20, number twenty-seven on USC had had more damage to him. It looked like. No. Pretty equal, but that's that's start. He'd get him out of the game. I mean he wouldn't be able to play anyway, but Well, now they're gonna be at the one yard line. Oh what a change change change, change of events. Oh here. my goodness. Yeah, this could take a little while, but we have to finish it on yeah, here. We absolutely. gotta finish it. Uh what other games did we want to talk about? Um I think we hit on all of the. Do we, do we want to get into kind of draft? Uh, did we go over did we go over the Ohio cover in the Barstool Arizona Bowl? I've been. Okay, you have, you I haven't got over it. Did. I, 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 think I, I think didn't did. even hear about. But that, the, so. okay, first off, Barstool getting their own bowl game, broadcasting it on their own stream. Big cat with the national anthem. Big cat on the national anthem, and as an analyst with Dave Portnoy, all the commercials are strictly for Barstool and all of their sponsors. It's marketing mastermind. Yeah, and you were saying how you think more people want to it's do the it. It's the like, future Barstool. of the broadcast. Yeah. It, it is the future of broadcast just because it's essentially a Manning cast, uh, a Pat McAfee cast. And you're, you're seeing all these these new broadcasts where it's like we don't want like a standard game necessarily. You're still getting a lot of insight, but you're also having a lot more fun. The Nickelodeon one as well. Well. <laughs> for, the, for, the ki- for, the for the kids, ki- for, for the kids for the out kids. there. Yeah. But I mean, Barstool's got an explicit cast. <laughs> uh, Pat McAfee and the Peyton Manning cast do a phenomenal job. But I know I read where a lot of the college football playoff and and uh, the NCAA want to move into that type of broadcast as well. Just from is that right? Yeah, just from just like reading reading the news. Yeah, I know. I know the NBA has tried to do some like players only broadcasts, but they they do it with only analysts. Like, they don't have, like, you, I think you still have to have a, a play-by-play guy of sorts. But yeah. I'm also biased because I am a play-by-play guy. <laughs> I think, like, people like to bring in a lot of these, like, players. And just because you're a great player, you know, like people say, doesn't just because you're a great player doesn't mean you're necessarily a great coach. And I also don't think that makes you great on a broadcast as well. Mm-hmm. So you need to find the right guys. And a lot of times that's not someone that, that necessarily plays your sport. We saw Big Cat and Portnoy on the on the Ohio Wyoming bull game yeah and they just talk and, about betting the whole time yeah, it's hilarious they're like they're not like they're not athletes it, and it's fine you don't you don't necessarily need to get former players you just need to get entertaining guys that aren't always you know by the book oh yeah, yeah. no yeah I, that's I, I just I can't say enough about what they've done like it's so smart it is so smart also uh, targeting confirmed on USC. Uh, Tulane, are they down at the? Oh, they're oh they're half, still half, at the six. Half the distance to the goal or oh, something. Yeah. yeah, at that point.
0: Oh, oh he dropped it.
1: Eighty-seven. Misses. Twelve seconds to go. Second and goal from the six-yard line. Unless they just didn't call it targeting, because he he got down at the six, and I think they just didn't. They call just it. didn't call it. Yeah, which really surprised me. Yeah. Ugh. Oh. my gosh, <laughs> Caleb Williams is hurt. Looking up to the heavens. He's hurting. Asking God, why did I go with Lincoln Riley? Oh my gosh!
0: Well, oh, this lost. would
1: be absolutely massive for G six football. Yeah, and I think I think this is a perfect reason. G, is it G five? G five. G five. I think this is once again out of another great. Oh my Touchdown! god! Touchdown! Oh late. my god! Touchdown! No, no he dropped right? it again. No. It's eighty seven again. Oh my goodness! Any replay on this? Oh, there's got to be a replay. Oh my goodness! Wow. Oh my goodness! For sure, Pratt over the middle. Oh, <gasps> oh he did! He, caught, he it. caught it! Oh, he caught That's it! that has gotta go to he the booth. He caught it! He That's caught it. Go to the booth. Oh my gosh! That's gotta go to the oh, booth. Oh my gosh! Touchdown! Let's Touchdown! That's go to the booth. That's gotta go to the booth. 45-45. A field goal to win it for Tulane. <laughs> but Island it has, but it has. To, how does it, how does it work? Did they just go to the booth here? Yeah, yeah. They replay it yeah. they, or they review it. Oh my goodness! Two lane, and Lincoln Riley with the incomplete pass motion there, but I think more that's a safe. He he knows he's safe for next year. His job is safe for next season. What a hedge from Tellier! <laughs> <laughs> if he makes a field goal or a point after, he needs it. And at the beginning of this game, I was totally in. I was totally in a USC minus two or. I think it was minus one. Oh, and a half. we I'm were certain. so. I I thought it was pretty. I just, I just wow. wasn't. I just wasn't able to get that bet in, and they were up fourteen zero at one point. To, okay, I would like to point out that the hedge was against a parlay that was free play, so I owe nothing, and I low key wanted Tulane to win because I actually put real money on that. Oh, right on. so let's go Tulane. How about the uh, the Green Wave? There it is. I got it right this time. What a what a Tulane what a would be such for, a, a fun for school for to go. Games. Okay, see that's the funniest thing ever. The camera people know exactly what they're doing. Oh yeah, they pan over the fan section and then they slowly zoom in on the one pretty girl. <laughs>
0: oh,
1: after review, oh my it's gosh, complete. Touchdown, touchdown touchdown! Oh, the crowd my gosh. goes wild. What a fun school to go to. Tulane, they're going nuts. I think their fans look better than their cheerleaders. Can't say, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. USC. Y'all. What happened? What happened? Lincoln Riley, what happened? Oh my goodness. Ryan, this was supposed to be a short podcast. Yeah, we were trying <laughs> to go for maybe twenty minutes, just talking about two games oh my and goodness. and now we're here. Extra point coming on. Oh my gosh, Robert Griffin said what happened. Oh, and he oh, makes the extra point. Goodness. Two lane, UFC with a lifeline now. One play. Does oh, that make UW gosh. have the most, have the best record in the uh, in Pac-12? Yeah. Uh, well, Utah can still win today. If okay, but if they lose, if Utah loses, then UW has the best Pac-12 record. Go dogs! Go dogs! Husky dogs? Yeah, Tulane really making a great case for AG5 football, obviously, but also an expanded playoff. Because they would have been oh, 100%. in this expanded playoff. And, yep. You know, they might play U- – well, not USC at 10, but if things change. if They USC... would have played Georgia. No, Georgia get, buy. Georgia get a bye. Georgia get a bye. Oh, so who gets byes? I think top four top four get buys. So what? they would have played number five, Alabama. Oh, so then you go five through 12. Oh, yeah. okay. Because it's just – Because it's eight. Wait, what? Or maybe it's like top. No, I think it's top four get buys. Top four get buys, and then you go from eight to four, and then, oh, okay. I got it. I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So Tulane would have played, who was the five They would have played Bama. Bama. That's no USC there. They have some defensive players on their team. So USC does have nine seconds and two timeouts still. Squib kicking yeah, and, and the it, clock starts. Get you know. down seven seconds. You can probably run down there 11, though. So it's all you're already tough. So you need two deep plays. Was it not a fair up. catch? So they get it at the 25? No, because I think it bounced and then you can't or maybe, but, but he took t- he essentially took a knee. So and you can. Oh, well, I don't know if that's inside the 10 or not, though. Now it's at the 11. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know if that's actually the rule is what I was no, asking. Well, you can do it on an onside kick. You can you can fair catch on an onside kick. Oh, interesting. Uh, even on the bounce, too. Really? Yeah. Why doesn't that I happen think, more? I think there's a Big Ten team. I think it was maybe like like Purdue did it in one game where the kick bounced and he fair caught it. And then he got decked as he was catching it, which they're in at the 11. A fair catch, a you're not allowed to do. So yeah. they got the possession back in that game. Caleb Williams now going deep. Oh, misses! target. two seconds left. Two certainly, seconds, just has to be some sort of lateral play here. You can't throw it down 89 yards down the field. So maybe looking for a hook and ladder play, um, Boise Boise State esque in this. But you know, certainly at this point, the Green Wave are going wild. State of Louisiana going wild. LSU also winning today. So. Oh my god. New gosh. Orleans. I have to text so state. many people. Absolutely going off now. I have to text so many people. Chilean rushing three. One spy. Madden fans will notice as they <laughs> protect. Hook and ladder, the first. Oh Let's no, back, back to, to Caleb, Caleb Williams at pick. his own five. Still up. Gets past another. Oh get a safety. <laughs> that was a forward yep. pass, was it not? Potentially. No fly down. To the down. big boy. No flag down. Back to Oh. oh. Oh, and and it's dropped that's the ball and game. recovered by Tulane. My goodness, the Green Wave! What a great day of bowl games from the Mississippi State oh, game. Oh my this. goodness! Let's hope the Rose Bowl is as good as as these. Two Some games. ridiculous yeah. covers. We have to, we have to bet on the Rose Bowl now, right? Yeah. Oh come on! Oh, I have to go to practice. I have to coach. That's oh. awesome. so. You got Utah or Penn State in that game? We got to go opposite sides. I, think I, I, think I like Utah. I, I like Penn State. I think that's what I had in earlier. And Drew Aller, no film on him. He's going to come out and oh, light it up. Yeah, sure. All right. Well, <laughs> thanks for another interesting episode of Misinterpreted Mordeka. Mordeka, thanks, y'all. Oh, really? That's how you feel. And the guys be like, asking all them questions.
0: Asking all them questions. Why you asking all them questions? Making statements.